Pickaxe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this impromptu midway point for the Review of Death podcast, um, because some big news dropped on Friday afternoon, the 24th of September, at around yes. quarter past three in the afternoon, which I wasn't alerted to because I was in the middle of a meeting and Matt had to send me a message on Facebook with I lots did. of expletives I and did. lots of full stops, uh, yep. lots of exclamation, exclamation marks, marks, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> um, saying have you seen the news and i i don't know i assumed it was a doctor related thing i thought we'd hear something about the doctor maybe before we heard about the showrunner yeah oh okay i can't remember how it happened last time did we know about chibnall yeah we must have heard about chibnall before oh yeah we, we would have known about, about chibnall before yeah. jb but i just thought the amount of stuff that had As... snuck out from the recording I see what you mean. 13 yeah, yeah. in the last week or so yeah. i thought maybe something has been leaked or they yeah. need to get ahead of it or whatever. So for those of you listening, I'm sure everybody listening knows what this news is. I, 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 first of all, must say, if you're listening to the podcast and you think, oh my God, what's happened to the sound? It's because we're recording this over Zoom. We can't go into the studio to record this little snippet. So uh, for this little segment, we'll just be a slightly more muffled. Um, but yes, Russell T Davies has been announced as the new showrunner for Doctor Who for the 60th anniversary uh, and 20, 24, did you say, what, what was the, the wording? I think 60th it's, anniversary it's the 60th anniversary in 2023 and then later series. Later series. Yeah. Um, which has led to some discrepancy about what does, what does this actually mean? Is this just a 60th anniversary special? Is it going to be a series? Is it going to be a mini series? Um, I guess that's where the speculation begins, really. Uh <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd be happy with a series. Obviously, I think we'd all like a series um, rather than just one special. I assumed, to be honest, that the news, if they wanted to clarify that it would be like a limited event series, I guess like they did when they did the Chibnall and Jodie leaving announcement. Yeah. They would have said it. So yeah. I, I, I think they would have been very careful with their wording not to get people's hopes up, possibly, if, if it was just that Russell was doing... Um, something less significant than running the show for an indefinite number of years. Yeah. But I, I generally took it to mean this is it, you know, like 60th anniversary special is when Russell joins. Comes along, yeah. Um, and then we'll have seasons of Doctor Who to follow afterwards that he's in charge of. That's kind of what I That's took how it to you mean. Read it. Yeah. It, I mean, it, that might not be the case, obviously, um, but it will be very, very interesting to see the development of this publicly from that initial press statement because everybody's going to want to know more. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And let's just, 
let's just say it again, you know, Russell T. Davis is coming back to be the showrunner of Doctor Who. It's absolutely nuts. I, I, I was sat at my desk. I was in the office when the news broke and I had to contain myself because I thought, my God, people are going to wonder what the hell is going on if I if I yelp. Because I was I, I honestly was just about to burst. I couldn't believe it. Um, it was just incredible. It's never happened. Well, other than Barry Letts coming back to do, uh, you know, chaperone John Nathan Turner in season 18. This has never happened before. This is totally unprecedented. And this is coming from someone who documented it incredibly well, the whole process of what it was like to be the showrunner and how much of a toll it took on him. You know, he always says about how stressed he was, the amount of cigarettes and booze that he went through, just trying to cope with this mammoth task of not only running Doctor Who, but Sarah Jane Adventures, Torchwood, and all the peripheral stuff that comes with being the showrunner of Doctor Who. And it seemed very clear that he was like, no, I'll never, I'll never go back to Doctor Who. You know, I did it for five years. It was my baby, but I sent it off to did what I wanted to do with it. And, you know, that that was that. So for him to now turn around and be like, OK, back again. Let's let's go. It's just absolutely bonkers. Crazy. It just doesn't seem real. I, I keep seeing the picture of the press release and thinking, this just i can't believe it this is a wind-up surely <laughs> it's absolutely sensational and i think you know it opens up a huge amount of possibilities for what what could come yeah um you know i think that everybody feels like a certain sense of reassurance with russell's name being attached to the project yes i think that it's obviously bringing a lot of kudos as well that russell who you know made his name in the mainstream for being the showrunner of Doctor Who from 2005 yeah. onwards till 2009, 2010. Um, and then the show got passed over to the next successor that kind of made sense. Yeah. And I mean, it might just be the fact that it was the first time it happened in this, in this generation. But I, I think that most people consider everything kind of after Russell to have not quite matched up to the standards of showrunning that he may have set. Yeah. You know, um, I, I mean, we don't really know how many decisions are made by how many individuals on the production but you know you just got the impression that that was a very sturdy ship yeah and that things were thought about and were taken into consideration and uh were integral to the kind of makeup of the show Mm. that maybe have fallen by the wayside recently like the marketing and promotion you know um hasn't been as widespread or in the public consciousness as, or the show hasn't been in the public consciousness as much since David Tennant regenerated, you know, let's no. be honest. Yeah. Um, and the idea that that could happen again and that Doctor Who could get a third wind, you know, uh, the second in the 21st century yeah. is uh, just utterly phenomenal and really exciting. I think just seeing the Twitter reaction speaks volumes and the press reaction because suddenly people who don't watch Doctor Who anymore are suddenly talking about Doctor Who in a way that they necessarily haven't been for many, many years, which is incredible. And it's all down to one bloke coming back, you know, and someone posted on Twitter, I'm not sure who it was. um, And they said, you know, how many series out there do the public know the name of the head writer are so familiar with the name of the head writer? You know, and obviously Russell has done some incredible things since leaving Doctor Who. Um, You know, he just had It's a Sin and Years and Years was superb. Uh, and it was actually uh, Phoenix Smith uh, posted this on Twitter. And I thought this is a very good point. He said, everyone 
anyone who is expecting Russell's Doctor Who to be the same as the Doctor Who that he did, you know, however many years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, you are going to be in for a shock because his writing and his style evolves and, you know, he's done all this stuff in between. It's going to be fascinating to see what it's like for a second round. And uh, I know some people have been saying, oh, you know, all the NMDs have been saying, oh, Doctor Who won't be woke anymore. But, you know, this was a man who put everything at the forefront of Doctor Who, of a much wider multi-ethnic cast, LGBT cast. So, you know, that is obviously going to be at the forefront of his new series. I was going to say one of the things I wanted to, to kind of flag is is that aspect of growth and development in his writing and that as much as i've just said it's going to be nice to see things maybe be given more of a focus or more attention because certain people are maybe behind it like the promotion and whatnot but beyond that i don't think we're gonna as you said see the same show that we saw in 2005 2006 2007 it's going to be very different yeah um, for all of the right reasons and um we're going to see yeah a, a doctor who for the 2020s you know we're not going to see a doctor who for the for the mid noughties um but again yeah you're right it's it's a a moment of of shifting in the show but those things that certain people get angry about are not going to change anytime soon no of course not of course Um, not so maybe this will be the moment where they realize the show really isn't for them who knows yeah um there is so much more we could talk about Mm -hmm. but i think it's best that we leave it here yeah, and you can enjoy your regularly scheduled program, and we well, will the space virus. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the space. Sorry, virus, everybody. Um, but yeah, it, we'll come back and we'll talk about this in the first half. We'll take up the entire first half of the next episode, and we'll dig a bit deeper into that press statement. Yeah. Maybe some more stuff would have been revealed to us. Yeah, by the time we come around to recording episode five. So yeah, keep your eyes and your ears peeled for more news, and we'll react to it as and when it comes through. Well, back to the regularly scheduled program. Hello and welcome back to the Review of Death podcast, your fortnightly Doctor Who podcast where we discuss all of the latest Doctor Who news and stuff Stuff. that happens in the world of Doctor Who. And we then review an episode of your choosing. And this week, Billy, what are we reviewing? This week we're reviewing The Space Pirates, the penultimate second Doctor story and... um, I mean, its reputation precedes it. It certainly does. It is an often derided story. And I think it's going to be interesting doing it considering so little of it actually survives. Yes. So we'll get into that, I guess. Yeah. And give a bit yeah. more context and all that sort of stuff. Um, but first of all, we'd like to say thank you very, very much to everybody who has supported the Patreon, which yes. launched last Monday um, or two Mondays ago from when you're watching this. Um, it was crazy. Uh, really the response good, was, was absolutely in, insane. So uh, please head over to the Patreon if you want to support uh, what we're doing with the re- Review of Death. I think we've got four more to go as of today. Mm. And then we review Class. Yes, Class being the spin-off from, well, what year was that? About 2016, Was maybe? it 2016? Or something like that, 15? Yeah. Something around the, the Peter, Pica- the Peter, Capo- Peter Capaldi, Capaldi era. era of uh, the series. Yeah. And yeah, written by Patrick Ness, uh, another series where uh, its reputation precedes it. Rather, rather so, yes. So, I mean, look, we'll figure out a way to review it so that we both preserve some semblance of 
sanity, sanity. <laughs> through it. Um, but, you know, we have had a couple of conversations about what we've... How can know, we do this? How can we do this? Without uh, wanting to shoot ourselves. Exactly. And also reviewing stuff going forward as well. Yes. You know, and other stories. So we've, I think we've found a nice middle ground. But I think the 11th Doctor one, which we did the poll for yeah. on Twitter, is going to be really interesting. That's so going to be good. you guys all voted for Vincent and the Doctor. What you didn't know is that's actually the good counterpoint mm. to the story that we're reviewing which is the lowest ranked 11th doctor story and that is of course the rings of akaten yes so or akaten or have you i don't know i haven't seen it for such Akaten. a long time i, I, think, assume it's it's I think it's akaten yeah. yeah so that's going to be really interesting i'm, I'm looking, looking forward, forward to that one absolutely and of course we've got series 13 coming up yeah so whenever the trailer for that drops it's like schrodinger's cat like it's both imminent yes. and also not coming out yeah so we'll wait to see how that develops but yeah. that might throw the schedule out of whack yeah, a little bit yeah we're, nothing is really set in stone at the moment we're no. in a sort of state of flux until series 13 happens of course we also have Evil of the Daleks coming out today so if yes. you're listening to this on Monday the 27th of September yes then Evil of the Daleks has just come out so we will be reviewing that as well yes um Billy, you actually went to see it. I at saw the BFI. it at the BFI, and it was yeah, it was magnificent. So I've not seen it. Max, so so to see it. when the DVD arrives through the door on today, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching it, and uh, yeah, we'll do a review of that as well. Excellent. So I, I guess maybe that'll be the next one. Maybe we'll do. Well, it's either going to be that or Zygons. That or Zygons. Maybe yeah. we do. Maybe we do evil. evil first because it's in the. I feel like we have to do Zygon because the, the the Patreon. Oh, that's okay. Was the they, goal. They, they can. They can. Okay. They can wait. I'm sure. Well, I'm that sure will that... likely be a reaction video as well. Yes. A watch along sort of yeah. thing. So how that works in the context of the podcast, I guess we put it out as a rant, as a normal episode, and people yeah, can I mean use... we can because I mean you know we never really showed any footage. No. You know, it's just us going. Yeah. Oh my god. That's that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I guess we can still do that. Um, maybe we can put it on the laptop here. And we could just, just watch, watch it, it and through. just, yeah. Sounds good. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing that at some point. So yeah, bear with us as the schedule sort of yeah. is in flux. It's, it's, it's malleable. There's, there's good things to come. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, you've got the Space Pirates today. Today, though. <laughs> we've got the Space Pirates to go through. But you know, if we all just lie back and think of England, it will be fine. Yeah. Now it's time for the news. And cool. there's been a few bits of news. There has, hasn't there? I mean, in the last couple of days, the big one is that Series 13 has sprung a leak. And we now know that... Should we be saying this? Are we going to have someone saying, I've avoided all spoilers? It, yeah, maybe not. Ble- we'll ble- I'll bleep, bleep you out bleep and out then there. we'll just keep this in. <laughs> so what do we think of? Uh, yeah, cool. I Yeah, I, I'm happy really. No sign of... Because yeah, that whole bit has also been bleeped because that also yeah. <laughs> massively gives away. So it's just like that old redacted video we did where we bleeped everything. Um, yeah, it's, it's up to you to guess what we're talking about. Yeah, I think most. I mean, somebody. If you've gone into the comments, it's been spoiled for you. So you know that wasn't on us. Yeah. You know. Uh, Galaxy 4 yeah that is coming out that's out on the 15th of November very soon yeah insanely soon bubbling away in the background obviously yeah uh, same team that did Fury from, Fury the, from the Deep so Gary Russell and, and Big Finish Creative yeah yeah cool um, I love that specially made trailer. I thought it that was good, really nice. I yeah. would like to have obviously seen a bit of animation because... They seem to do this quite a bit, don't they, with the publicity for these th- these releases, or at least mm. for the last couple. Well, I mean, Web was a bespoke trailer, wasn't it? Rather than having anything 
you know, it, showing I, clips. Was, was the, just, the, the initial one was the oh, it was, was wasn't the it? The, yeah, yeah, that was cool. But I guess it's different with this one because that isn't sort of unveiling the new animation style. Yeah. Whereas that you know was, what we're going to get. With, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, I, still have, I still haven't seen Web of Fear. No. Maybe that'll be a running gag. We could, we'll, we'll, we'll never, never watch it. Watched it. Um, <laughs> Not until we have to. <laughs> Christopher Eccleston's back again. We've got another yeah, series he's coming back. of yeah. uh, Ninth Doctor Adventures to be released throughout 2022 and into 2023. And the last bit of news, I suppose, really, is Find the Doctor. That's the only other thing that's kind of Yeah, so up. that all came to a head, didn't it? So that's it. Is that it? Is that the end of it? Was that- uh, yeah, and we're not bleeping this bit because, no, you know. Um, I think, uh, from what I gathered, that is it. Right. So, so yeah, if you, if you haven't been following it, basically, there have been little clues in all sorts of multimedia across... Mm. you know Doctor Who magazine BBC newsletters and it all culminated in a voice clip of the Doctor talking to Yaz Yaz and then there was the flash of the monster and then we got a flash of a monster was there not also one that you had to play it backwards that was to hear the message or was that a different yeah that was that one oh that was that one I think so okay Um, and then the other thing was the promo picture of Jodie. I think some of you found that Oh yeah, it was just through. her in... Yeah. It was just her, wasn't it? In red yeah. and blue. What do you make of those photo shoots? Because I, I think that Jodie's had some of the best Doctor Hers have been really lovely. Oh yeah, yeah. Of anyone. I can only yeah. really think the Capaldi ones when he had like an art director in, like the ones he'd do for the Radio, Radio Times, Times or whatever. Radio Times were always Those nice. were always yeah. great. I think and it was Stuart Manning that did those. Yes, that's right. Yes, I was trying to remember his name. Thank you. And then, I mean... That's it, really, in terms of bespoke, yeah. stylized photography of the Doctor. Yeah. That, I, I, the only other one that comes to mind is the one of Tom uh, on that little stage with the curtain behind him with the kind of diffracted lights, the refractions around him. Oh, I can't remember. He's a season 12 outfit. He's oh, well, yeah, his, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That was another, that was meant to be Radio Times as well, wasn't right. it? But that got... Oh, was that I supposed think to be so. a, I think oh. it was meant to be a Radio Times cover for Genesis. Interesting. Do you know, that Tom Baker... Sense didn't get a Radio Times cover. That is mad, Doctor Who. isn't, isn't it? Isn't that insane? Have you gathered that from Clay's... I have gathered that Clay from Clay's. Clay has been recreating all the original Radio Times covers for Doctor Who, and they are lovely. Stunning. So nice. I really want to get the um, Tomb of the Cybermen one. That would be cool. As a print and, like, frame it. It would look so good. I think I'd have... Either the, how mundane and boring the John Pertwee one is with Parky and the, the little Oh, the kids. kids. <laughs> I like that one. And then the... Um, Dalek Invasion of Earth one. The Dalek Invasion of Earth one very, is really very nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It was um, a toss up between those two for me. I think it looks like the same design. It's the same sort. It's of, the same sort of style, isn't yeah, it? That lovely sort of, sort of sixties poppy sort of thing. And that's kind of it. I mean, well, no, we have had a of death, haven't we? Oh yes, of course. We did lose John Chalice. Yes, um, a couple of days ago, uh, which was very sad. Um, yes, not only for Doctor Who fans, but of course for. British comedy and television in general because he was just so superb as mm. Boise. You know, he was an icon. Legend. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, it's weird when you get like a side character from a comedy mm. show dying. Yeah. Because often they kind of provide some of the biggest laughs. Yeah. You know, it's just like your job is to come in, do a joke and then leave again. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, I mean, the cat is obviously a very different role in Red Dwarf, but it is that sort of swing in, steal the scene, and then, Lord Flashheart style, yes. and then disappear. Yeah. And he did that. And, you know, he's great in Seeds of Doom. Excellent. Scorby's a great character. So, so good. Has, is, is Scorby thrown into the 
The mulcher as well. The no, he gets eaten by um, oh. the, in the pond. He's like walking through the pond and it it's like Harrison rears Chase. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets him. Harrison gets eaten by he the, gets eaten by the, the mulching machine. Yeah, um, and he always was a great advocate for the show. I mean, yeah. the same thing we said about Tony Solby. Really, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, seems like a salt of the earth kind of dude. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, very sad to see him go. Yeah, he was always doing conventions and stuff. And he was. He, was. Doing, he did Big Finish, I think, fairly recently with Tom mm. again. So, yeah, very sad. There we go. So rest in peace, John Chalice. Um, and this might also spell our end as well, because now we've got to review <laughs> the Space Pirates. So, Yay! yeah. Um, now, obviously, this is a story that, you know, we were approaching it with some degree of kind of wariness because yeah. it's the Space Pirates, but also because... It doesn't really exist in, to the same degree that a lot of other missing stories yeah. do from that era. I'm sure everybody's watching this knows. I'm sure, about yeah. Missing if you were stories listening to this and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a it's a missing episode. Um, do you know? I think it's I think it was Matthew Purchase on Twitter posted that forty percent of the missing episodes have now been animated. Wow! And that if we follow the same release schedule mm. next year, fifty percent or over fifty percent will be animated. That is crazy. That is insane. As a kid, thinking we'll <laughs> never see this stuff, and now we get to see sort of approximations of it. Maybe Incredible. it should always stay at sort of like ninety-seven percent animated, and just leave this one out. But um, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, never do the space pirates. I'm joking. Uh, I wouldn't blame them. <laughs> Put but, the money towards something good, like Dalek <laughs> Master Plan. Go on. But the, but the weird thing is that it it doesn't even have any telesnaps. No, you know, like there's there's episode two survives in the archives. Yeah, it's the only one. Yeah, uh, out of all six episodes. Do you know, and- I said to Jonathan, I was like, oh, um, he said, what's this story like? And I said, well, you know, episode two. No. It's like, well, you've seen episode two. No, I've never seen it. It's like, of course you have. It's been on the DVD. Have I seen it? I said, well, I mean, the fact that you can't remember what it was like. Sure. That just, that just spells the it's whole thing. It's not a great indicator, It's is not it? very good, is it? No. Um, shall we uh, do, I'll do the, the, the cheap pop culture rewind really quickly. So yeah. UK number one, Marvin Gaye. I heard it through the grapevine. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, I always love knowing what song people might have been listening to on the way into work yeah. yeah and it's like what, what did pat think of that did he like that song or is it oh, it's all a bit too new for me and all that kind of stuff or... bizarrely we should have mentioned that today the day of recording this is fraser hines's birthday there we go so, happy birthday fraser hines this one's for you your dad <laughs> my dad um highest grossing <laughs> film a joke from <laughs> from yesteryear <laughs> highest grossing film in the uk in 69 a bond Mm-hmm. Which Bond? Oh, Craigie. Um, dum, 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 dum. 69? You only live twice? On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, bugger. There we go. Uh, and notable events. I thought the, the, the first two um, would be really interesting to kind of discuss at the start because I love the space the space race uh, era yeah. of Pat Trouton stories. Yeah. Seeds of Death. Yeah. This even. Yeah. I think encapsulates that kind of like we're going to go into yeah, space and yeah. we're going to have a jolly good time yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it's sort of almost like, it's quite comic booky 50s B-movie Very. sort of way of doing it. And it, it, yeah, that sums up, because everyone always sort of says about the Troughton era is that uh, boy's own adventure type, type thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it does have that kind of feel to it. It does feel it does. like it slightly does. larger than life, like this could be a comic book. From, it, like the Eagle or exactly. Dan Dare. Even the way that they like, okay, we're going to name these ships. Yeah. Or like T-Mat. Mm. Like... You know, it's a it's a device in the story. Yeah, but you kind of feel like I kind of get 
T-Mac. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, the worlds actually feel kind of yeah. textured and yeah. real and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the, yeah, two notable events around that time. So uh, started broadcasting the 8th of March. 2nd of March, Concorde had its first test flight in France. Oh my God. A connection to two shitty Doctor Who stories. <laughs> oh no. I didn't even... Oh no. <laughs> the time flight Oh, connection. time flight's next, isn't it? Oh my it? God. We pro- maybe we'll do time flight next. Oh no. Um, and then... <laughs> I, can't, I can't cope with it. <laughs> 3rd of March, NASA launches the Apollo 9 uh, to test the lunar module that right. later in the year gets used for the moon landing. Okay. For, for Apollo 11. Uh, and also, I just snuck in for myself, 12th of March, Paul McCartney marries Linda Eastman and 25th of March, John Lennon marries Mo- Yoko Ono. Yeah. Um, so, how do we want to approach this considering so little of it? Actually, I should say this first. How did you find watching the um, Loose Cannon, the Cannon reconstruction? I mean, I've never... I've, I'm not the biggest fan of the reconstructions anyhow. Loose cannon specifically or telesnap? Oh, just telesnap reconstructions okay, generally. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I did it once and I watched through all of it. and That was fine. But it wouldn't be something that I would necessarily... You know, when it comes to the DVDs, for instance, mm. do you watch the animation, the animated version, or do you watch the telesnap version? I feel like I'd be more inclined these days to give the telesnaps a go. Right, okay. But I mean, I'm buying the DVD for the, for the animated animation. version. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, I would tend to watch the animation. Yeah. Occasionally, I will dip in and just have a look at what the recons are doing. Mm. Obviously, with a story like this, like you said earlier on, there are no telesnaps. There's no real indication of what the story looks like beyond mm. a few publicity images and episode two. Yeah. And the surviving model footage yes. of the spaceships, which is incredible. Mm. That is the highlight, I think, for this story. Model work. Is the model work is fantastic. And it's a shame we can't see more of it later on. I do have a bugbear with the model work. Okay. Which is that they've decided to shoot everything against black with a black ship well there's that (laughs) but there's no stars on the backdrop and i just feel like because it's all like fixed camera positions as well it does feel like oh i'm i'm looking at like a black drape with With stuff positioned and a static camera on a tripod doing which i i mean i know i know a lot of model effects were in their infancy at this point but i mean you know there's still a lot of tricks of the trade which are being employed in like the Bond movies for yeah. models and miniatures. And I, I, yeah, some of the shots, I mean, obviously in episode two, you know, we, we can see what that looks like. And with yeah. the surviving model shot footage, we can see what the rest of it looks like. But I, yeah, I, I wasn't that kind of bowled over by it personally. Oh, really? No. Obviously, I thought the model work was quite good. I mean, I hadn't really thought about the, the stars thing. Mm. Um, but I thought like, like the models themselves, I thought were really well made. I yeah. thought like the ships looked really good. You know, they looked space age and futuristic they had yeah. that sort of 60s this is what the future looks like vibe which i thought was really lovely and i like the fact that uh, milo clance's spaceship is a crappy old rocket right yeah. called liz yeah you know and it feels like this whole episode this whole story has this real sort of it's like a western in space and you know Oh, old Liz is like an old bloody tractor that's on its last legs, uh-huh. or an old mule that needs to be shot. But you know, she comes in and saves the day. I mean, the I understand that Bob Holmes basically wanted to write a sci-fi western. Yeah, because he's it. got you know he's he's the um what do you call them the uh, pioneer you know he's the gold digging yeah the prospector, prospector yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah yeah prospector yeah. and he even comes in doesn't he with his gun like slung over his shoulder almost like his pickaxe but his and stuff. outfit is pla- just like he's literally shirt. walked off yeah. of another program yeah uh, yeah like there's no attempt to kind of 
sci-fi him up apart no. from giving him a laser gun yeah you know um it's at this point that i have to make an admission of guilt to you matt right which is that i didn't actually watch the space pirates you didn't watch the episode i sat through six episodes i listened to the audiobook oh with fraser Hines's linking narration so you oh so not the target novel you listened no, to the proper I listened to the proper BBC soundtrack okay but with Fraser linking right. it and that's that was because, probably better right so I knew I didn't I wouldn't have time with just with the week I've started a new job I know I wouldn't have had time to cram everything into the into the evenings yeah. so I Bloody excuse that got, is. no wait 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 <laughs> <that out. laughs> I got it off of Audible I got it off of Audible and I listened to it walking back and forth from work yeah and. Maybe that's why I actually quite enjoyed it. Did you and really? I think it's probably so far the best thing that we've actually reviewed. Oh my god. I said Not Jordan. for the whole of the review of death, but for 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 this current setup. I said to, he said, Jonathan said to me before I left, he said, What do you think Billy's gonna make of this story? So I got a funny feeling he's gonna say he liked it. Oh my god. There we go. Wow. I guess that's it, isn't it? Like, I haven't not got red notes on my notes, I should say. I have problems with of this course, story. Yeah. But I I You actually did enjoy Enjoy it. Actually, I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah, but I had fun while right. I was listening to it yeah. and taking it all in and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think you know, I can, I, I, I get that. I can understand that feeling of depending on how you experience these missing episodes yeah. depends on how you enjoy the story. So, for instance, uh, the massacre of Saint Bartholomew's Eve. I listened mm-hmm. to the audio tape version first couldn't understand a frigging clue yeah. what was going on yeah, because yeah, yeah. they've all got different French names and there's a lot of characters uh-huh. in it and some are Huguenots, some are Catholics and the whole thing just gets completely modelled and sure. I was just like, I've got a clue who's who. As soon as I watched the Telesnap recon or the, the recon, you got I it. loved it. Yeah. And I read the Target book and I loved that as well. Yeah. Okay. So perhaps maybe if I'd have read the Target novel, I think I've got the Target novel. Yeah, I, I think the Target novel is is actually quite liked. I, I get the impression. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's Terence Dix as well doing it. So oh, is it? That's okay, always good. so you shush it up a bit. But, um, I mean, the thing is, is Robert Holmes wrote this story and Robert Holmes is the godfather of which Doctor is ha- Who. Which is quite funny because I, I did find a quote from Terence Dix saying um, he called the Space Pirates one of Bob's rare failures and attributed this to the fact that Bob Holmes was working on the story with Derek Sherwin, a script editor, rather than Terence, <laughs> which I love. But uh, yeah, this is this is Derek Sherwin coming in as script editor for right. this story. This is his first one. Before he takes over as producer, I believe. Crike. Mm, I'm not sure about that, if it's definitely the first one. Yeah. But it's he's script editor on this episode. He's anyway. script editor, okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, before Terence does it for the next... For the, okay. for the war games, I think. Yeah, um, I think uh, um, we should mention the war games because uh, in in um, who wrote the war games? Um, Michael Hulk, wasn't it? And yeah. Terence Dix right. together, didn't they? they? They they did that one. Yeah. Um, so obviously, this story it's six episodes. The Doctor and friends aren't in it very much. No. And that is because I guess they were thinking, crikey, they've got a ten-part extravaganza coming up. Well, we need to give them a bit of a break. In my research, it's only episode six that's actually affected. Oh, really? By the filming for the War Games. Okay. And I think, and they're in that more than any of the other bits. Yeah, but it's pre-recorded and played into oh, the studio. Right. I don't know if it's all on film, but it's definitely been playing, being played into the studio. Right. Okay. Uh, for episode six, because they were off on location filming for. Right. Um, the war games. A much better story. <laughs> For a much better story than this. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, 
what what do you what what do you think of the story as a whole? Like you know, in terms of the plot and the Doctor and Co's actual movements within it, because that was my biggest bugbear with it. This is my issue with it as well: is that it feels like another program that Doctor Who just happens to appear in. Really, that's what that is how I feel about okay. it. Okay, it's like you know, this episode one, they basically turn up for like the last five minutes. Yeah. And yeah, I was looking at my my phone going yeah. like fifteen minutes in, and they haven't they haven't turned up, up yet. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I don't really give a shit about bloody mm. this guy or this bloke or anything else, to be honest. No, um, not at this point. Nothing interesting is happening in that in that first no. fifteen minutes of part one. No, this would be a great four parter. I think. This is what I said to Johnny as well. Mm. I said it could be four parts easily, uh, mm. and even then, it would just be all, all right. right. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it did not need to be six episodes. So no. it's. It's overlong, mm. unnecessarily. Mm. Um, the main characters aren't really in it that much. And they they almost feel a bit like a deus ex machina, don't they? They just sort of... Yeah. They're there at the end and they're like, oh, we'll just solve all these little issues. The, thing that, I, the thing that I found about it was you're watching them bounce from locked cell to locked, to locked cell. cell yeah. And it's like you're watching, and especially when you're just listening to it, you're listening to somebody doing an escape room Yes, and it and it just each one is slightly trickier. Yeah, but they usually get out. I mean, the Doctor's ingenuity does come into it now. Yeah, and again, oh yeah. But usually, somebody else lets them out, or it's an accident. Like yeah. Jamie does something and is oh you silly fool! Oh Jamie, it works. Yeah. You know when he throws the tuning fork down. Yeah, and, and it, it makes the audio lock open. Yeah, and or, or Milo runs in and goes, "Come on, we gotta get out of here!" And then they <laughs> run off. Whatever his accent is, um, I, I, I was trying to follow it as closely as possible and make notes on my phone. But I have to say, from episode episode four especially, yeah, is just oh, the audio quality it's, is yeah, really not great. Not great. Yeah. so um, I was trying, I was trying to follow yeah. it as closely I mean, as possible. When I got to episode six, my brain had completely switched off. And yeah, I, I was just like, oh, oh, is it the end? Good. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's talk about the plot um, because I couldn't find one pretty much it's i mean it's pretty it's, rudderless yeah it's it's corporate espionage but not really i mean that's being <sighs> that's putting a very broad stroke upon it yeah really. it it's like what's her name from um revelation of the daleks uh carla yes yeah Car- cara cara it's like her yeah. but madeline in this story yeah so she's kind of like the the ruthless businesswoman yeah who who eventually is revealed to be in leagues with the with the um space pirates the titular yeah. space pirates Caven Caven yeah Caven and uh I forget the name of the other one is it is it uh, Dervish oh, Dervish that's right yeah or is he one of the I can't remember no he's he's the engineer guy isn't he that right. works for them yeah there's a lot there that I yeah yeah that I've got notes on as well okay so I mean <sighs> it's difficult to know how to approach this story because I I I did enjoy it. Mm. But it's not. I can I can imagine myself enjoying it less sitting in front of a screen and watching. Yes. It. Uh, so I feel like I've kind of biased myself in my experience of listening to it. But I'm glad I did it that way. Yeah. Because it was new, firstly, so I know that I can actually consume Doctor Who like that and enjoy it. Yeah. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, you do paint a picture in your head of what's going on. I was realistic with it. I'm like, okay, it's not going to be a massive blooming, you know, CGI spaceship or whatever. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I think I kept it relatively realistic. I did, you know, obviously watch part episode two. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I, I actually just quite enjoyed it. For all the, the mud we'll probably sling at it yeah. here and there, I, I, yeah, I actually kind of enjoyed my time with it. Did you find when you went from episode one and then to actually watching episode two, did you sort of feel like there was a dip in your enjoyment or the quality of what you were watching compared I suppose to your I, I, pictures? By the time episode two starts and you've, you know, you're kind of like, okay, I know what I'm in for yeah. with this. I know what it's going to be. It's yeah. going to be hop from thing to thing, get locked there, get out, go here, get locked in, go yeah. out. You know, it's going to be that. And yeah. I know, I know that's what it's going to be. What I didn't expect, actually, was to like Milo Clancy as much as I did. Milo Clancy is really good. He's probably the best thing in it, I think. Well, I think him and the, the main baddie, um, Kevin. Kevin, I think he is really good. I actually think the actors in this are very good and They are underrated. all quite strong. Yeah. Um, it's, it's got a really good cast in a mediocre... Jack May as, as General Hemmick. He's really good. He was quite good. He was really good. He's got a great voice. Fantastic voice. Yeah. You knew it immediately... Like, which was very useful, especially when everybody talks in basically the same accent. Yeah. It was very useful to have him there, talking, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) My only other issue with with the voices is um, the space pirates only sound slightly less posh than the intergalactic (laughs) space force or whatever. Because they're all like prim and proper British officers sort of thing. Why does the guy from Monster of Peladon do an American accent? I don't know. I mean, he's fine. And he's good. Yeah. It's a shame, actually, because he just ends up spending, like, the last few episodes stuck in a spaceship completely apart from everybody else. Exactly. That and that, I think, was also an issue I had with it, is that because so much of it is set in space, it's literally not grounded. So the plot kind of feels like, well if we're constantly moving and heading from this space station to this space station or this satellite or beacon to there, then you don't really get an opportunity to kind of like, right, okay, so what's actually like happening here? Because you're only hearing the plot from, you know, members of the Space Corps or whatever they're called, um, talking about these space pirates. So Argonite is both used for everything. (laughs) Yes. And is also the... Most priceless yes. mineral ore in the. There's a supply and demand issue there. There's something not quite working out there, which was my first thing. I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm Argonite. I can't really get behind that as like a concept, no. considering you build your space Spaceship stations <laughs> out of it. Um, and so then Milo Clancy is uh, a prospector yeah. and he mines for Argonite and yeah. sells Argonite and stuff. And he's like, oh, so these space pirates are taking all my Argonite. And it's like, well, where, where are you mining it? Uh, we, we see none of that, no. really. So it's his, pla- it's his, his planet was Lobos. His planet's Lobos. And then there's Tar, uh, Tar which is the, the one where the pirates are on. Yeah. Where um, all the action takes place. Where all the action takes place, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like, you never go to Lobos. Never go to Lobos. You hear about it. And he's like, yeah. don't you remember when we used to pick up girls around Lobos and take them for a drive? It was all that kind of That stuff was quite nice. Yeah. You know? And I, yeah, Milo Clancy is, is a splash of colour. Yes. In a story that is obviously very grey. Yeah. But also, everybody's speaking in the same tone of voice. You know, as good as Pat and Fraser and, you know, um, Wendy kind of are mm. in their roles, you know they're not doing anything. No, that's they're, the trouble, they're really not it? doing anything at all in the story. Like, yeah. and even when like Zoe interjects and says, well, actually I don't think that's, that's quite how it works or blah, blah, blah. And yeah. the doctor's just like, don't be a pessimist, Zoe. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, it's not, it's quite out of character for the second yeah. doctor to say that to her. And then, you know, Jamie's just walking into things. Yeah. Jamie really has nothing to do. You know, at least Zoe has that moment in episode three, I think it is when mm. she's like, when the doctor's trying to solve the issue 
and she comes up with or she she solves it doesn't she she yeah. solves the, the whole problem yeah and he's like oh yeah he's like oh well well done zoe he's like i could have you know i if i could have worked it out myself of course but you know but he always has to do but that. he always has to do that and that's nice i like that the, the characterization there is really good mm. um but yeah, Jamie, bless him, has got nothing to do. I mean, he gets a bit of shooting in, doesn't he, later but on. He, but it's because... Punches some bloke. It's because, you know, obviously being out of time and being, you know, a Highlander, yeah. he has to have everything explained to him, which is great for the audience. Yeah. But then when he becomes that Scooby-Doo character... Yeah. ...where, it, you know, the Doctor says, oh, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. What What kind of thing, Doctor? What, yeah. What, what, is, what is a thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, it, you know, I get that he has to do it, but it just gets a little bit like you're just here to say, "Oh, look at that! What's, yeah, what's yeah, that?" You yeah. know, that's all you're there I, for. I do like though. <clears throat> I do like how they reverse that slightly uh, with the candles with Zoe, and mm. Zoe's like, "What's a candle?" And she's like, "Is this is this it? How does it work?" That's more interesting. That was more interesting. I thought that I was like, "Oh, how nice!" Because it's like I'm not having to. I mean, I know that it's it's a children's program, and obviously they need stuff explaining yeah. to them more than some people do. Yeah. Not all the time, but you know, most of the time. Um, so to have something repeated at you, yeah. and I'm like, I know what this thing is. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it sometimes can be yeah. infuriating. And it's to it's to. fun for Jamie to then be able to say, "Oh, you don't know what a candle is." Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, he's yeah. like, oh, he's like, shove this in your face. Yeah. <laughs> you know everything, Missy, but you don't know what a candle is. That is nice. They've got such a lovely relationship. Yeah. Do you prefer Jamie with Victoria or Jamie with Zoe? Oh, I knew you were going to ask this. Uh, I kind of want to say Zoe. Because mm. I think Zoe has, I mean, obviously, Victoria's lovely. Um, but I think Zoe has slightly more agency yes. than yeah, Victoria. Yeah. Victoria is just... Even the, if she is told by Milo to go and make herself busy and go make a pot of tea. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, she has more agency than Victoria. Victoria is just the very much the screaming damsel, uh, which is fine and it works well for that yeah. era. You know, you, you don't really sort of... You don't bat an eyelid mm. for that p- period of Doctor Who. Um, yeah, so I think Zoe just about gets through there because she's got she's got a bit more character to her, and the relationship with Jamie yeah. works very well. You know, I'm the I'm the prissy little little sister, but I'm much smarter than you. Yeah, and like you know, I'm even smarter than the Doctor. Yeah, and you know it, it, that 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 works really nicely. I think I, I prefer like chemistry wise. Yeah, um, Jamie and Victoria. Right. Because I do get the impression. I mean, I mean, there's that whole thing in Fury from the Deep that they they yeah. have like one night left yeah. together, and it's like it's not it, it's not like made very clear what happens. But I think most people are led to assume that Jamie and Victoria probably spent that last night Boom, chicka, wow, wow. together, which I think is is quite touching actually. Mm. You know, um, how old Zoe uh, Victoria is supposed to be by that point? She's still only like seventeen or something, isn't she? Yeah. But he's only like, is he? Isn't he? <laughs> We've probably worked that out before we get cancelled for saying that their relationship is totally fine, <laughs> and lovely, and nice. Um, yeah, but at least we're not that bloody bloke on. Um... Oh, don't. <laughs> not worth. Not worth saying. <laughs> I don't um, know his name. Do not sully this room with mentions of those people. I, I think that you know. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like with with Zoe, you've got that older sister thing which is cool but then you've now got two sets of people talking down to jamie true so his thickness which isn't actually thickness it's no. just like legitimate 
it's not even ignorance. He just doesn't you know. Just yeah, because he's not from yeah. this time. So it'd be like if we went to the land of the space pirates. Yeah, be like exactly. What the, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Why is that woman wearing a testicle for a hat? Well, I mean. I thought we were going to have a cool like bait and switch with a female villain. In this so story. did I. I was really disappointed. And then she turns into jelly. Yeah. At the mention of somebody being murdered. And yeah. You got into league with some space pirates. <laughs> You're expecting people not to get rubbed. You I know. know what I mean? It's just it's, silly. It's, yeah. It, I put that in my notes. I was like, oh, this is this is quite a progressive story. Yeah. You know, you've got. I mean, and it still is really. There's it, only it, two women in it though. Oh, is there a secretary? There is a secretary. Yeah, Don't worry, girls. There's also a secretary in <laughs> yeah. it as well. Um, so if you don't happen to be the daughter of uh, a massive mining corporation, you can uh, yeah, do the filing for Indeed. Um, and make the tea. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it is quite progressive in as much as, you know, you've got a woman in uh, a high-positioned role, you know, something that... Mm-hmm. Uh, what story was it that it, this ca- this came up in another story? Uh, oh, Colony in Space, wasn't it? Colony in Space, Michael Bryant wanted yeah, the, yeah. The, the, another mining story, funnily enough. You know, he wanted the head of the mining corporation to be a woman. Be a woman uh, and whoever the, the director general was at the time was like, no, that's too kinky. <laughs> because, okay. Um, so that is actually quite nice. I think nice. That's, that's, there's a his kink screaming it, it is, isn't underneath it? Yeah, his, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, likes, he likes dominant women. Exactly. Um, so he is, yeah, it's quite nice to see that in this story that you've got a woman in a position of power. Like you said, it is unfortunate that she then just ends up being a snivelling damsel mm. in the end and mm. isn't, like, the main baddie. Mm. Uh, we also have a a, a, a black actor yep. playing a fairly prominent role in a couple of episodes until he gets unceremoniously shot down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was quite impressed, really. I, I, for 60s Doctor Who. For 60s Doctor Who, yeah. My only other problem with Madeline, really, besides the fact she does become, like, a screaming, bawling, sobbing archetype, is that her first scene, she's explained her character by a bloke. Yes. And then yeah. it all centres around another bloke, yeah. her dad, who is dead, yeah. apparently. And so it's, okay, so your character motivation is man-related. Yeah. You want revenge on Milo Clancy, or you wanted revenge on Milo Clancy, yeah. because he killed your dad, and then your dad isn't dead, eventually. It's yeah. just, like, she had a lot of a lot of positive attributes to her character and where they could have gone with it yes but then it does just become oh you've got daddy issues and yeah like you know and i think that happens elsewhere with dervish as well you get that the, throughout the whole thing you think yeah. like he's going to do the switch and he's going to be like actually you know what what we're doing is wrong but and i'm right, going to help you right to the end he's just like he's but he's he's resisting he's yeah. basically resisting the, the first scene we see him in isn't it pretty much the first scene where he's just like strapping yeah. all these rockets to the outside and he's uncomfortable with that? Yeah. I thought that was hilarious, by the way, because I love Dudley Simpson's music in this story. Yeah. But it's the idea of this very slow paced placing rockets on the outside of a ship, all while the music's going down, 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 down. <laughs> it's reminded me of um, uh, Dr. No. Yeah. Whenever James Bond gets up from a chair to walk across the room, the full Monty Norman theme starts playing. It's really odd. Hey. You know, it's you, you're James Bond. That dramatic chair movement is uh, is it's it deserves a. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I like Dudley Simpson's music in this story yeah. as well. I, mean, I it's do. Very it's, seeds of death. It's I, very seeds of death. It's basically, stick a phaser on some drums. Yeah, and you've got yeah. yourself a Dudley Simpson score. It's like score. a Neo Morricone in space with a bit of Star Trek. Yeah, it's that vocal. Yeah, I actually had her credited on here because she was 
uncredited in the in the uh, in the Was credits. She? Mary Thomas oh. provided the vocals for Dudley Simpson's score. And I'm assuming it's the same lady who did the Seeds of Death as well. No, is it Seeds? Of, no, is it Seeds of Death? Ice Warriors. Ice Warriors has that kind of that. yeah that that sound to it. Seeds of Death. No, that's. It's not got any female. There's no female vocals in that one. Oh, so just the Ice Warriors then. I thought another rendition of Seeds of Death score. There's quite a lot of interesting firsts I'd like to run through on this. Right. But perhaps before we do that, we should throw to a break. Yeah. And we'll see you in a in a bit. Hello! We'd like to do a shout out to all of our lovely patrons who have supported the review of Death so far, including. Macro 99, Daniel Davies, Robert Johnston, Rowan Thorne, Joe Dre McCarran, David Cunningham, Joe Bardsley, Luke Smith, Andrew Mark Thompson, Jack D. Evans, Ryan Kemp, Liam Duke, Josh Lambert, Joe Kay, Exile to the Time Lash, Ronan Heathcote, and Jude Lavis. Thank you to Max and Russell, James Woods, Tom Lindsay, William Carlyle, Callum Devine, Hugh Burke, Sonny Mullings. Thomas Langford, Jeff McCrory, Chris Clark, Will Price, Thomas Gentile, Matthew Bevan, I don't know why <laughs> Thomas's name made me laugh, Conrad Harbert, Starter Pack, Donovan the Dooski, Gregor Shepard, Jack Addison, and Taylor Wooderson. We can only apologize for butchering all of your <laughs> <Yes>. names. <laughs> But thank you for supporting the Review of Death on Patreon. And if you would like to get a shout out in the next episode, you can become a patron too and get lots of other cool things. Yeah, we did an AMA. We did an AMA on the Discord. It was really good fun. And we'll do more of them and um, sort of involve some more voice chats and bits and bobs. And thanks to joining our Patreon, we now have to watch uh, Doctor Who softcore porn. Exactly. So if you want to... And I've heard heard something about it already. And I thought... Oh, this is going to be weird. Me okay. and you watching that together. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm sure we'll be. I'm sure we'll be fine. Um, so, if you want to make us watch more rubbish, then you know, become a patron and and subject us to this this torture. So, in episode five, yeah. cliffhanger to episode five, Patrick Troughton gets incinerated. That's, by a, a, that's a really. I like that cliffhanger. It is a good cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, or he's like intoxicated by the the fumes yeah. of Liz the ship. <laughs> Burnt to a crisp. <laughs> to a crisp. <laughs> and I was thinking when watching it in episode six, at the start of that, Pat is really out of it, and mm. you know the companions are bustling around him and like, "Oh, is he all right?" Blah blah blah. blah. And I thought, would it have been quite incredible if they'd have made him regenerate then? Now I wanted to have a look, but I didn't, just to see when it was announced he would be departing or John is taking over. Yeah. And I wondered maybe if, I mean, it probably wasn't a direct decision to kind of do a, a fake out. Yeah. But that it was kind of very well timed. It was, wasn't that, it? Yeah. Because, you know, the previous Doctor left the story before the end of the run. Yeah. The end of that series. Mm. So maybe, you know, that set a precedent and they were going to do that here and you'd get to meet the new Doctor before the end of the series. Yeah. Obviously not, but... I mean, it would have been an interesting... It would have certainly added a bit of pep to an otherwise... Yeah very boring story and so you've then you've got all of the war games where the doctor's basically crispy and being patched up and yeah. everyone's touching going, ah, ah, <laughs> keep away from me um yeah i yeah, i like that it was it was kind of the only cliffhanger of note yeah that, oh, that was weird as well when um they fall down the mine jump, shaft yeah and then pat's like oh i've landed on my drawing, drawing pins. pins why have you got drawing pins in your pocket and he's like 
I like drawing pins. Yeah, like, that was very weird. I'm so happy you mentioned that <laughs> yeah, line. I've forgotten I, I about that line. Like, what? I like drawing pins. Like, okay, you weirdo. <laughs> it does tie into something else I liked about it, though, which was I feel this is one of the earliest examples of Doctor Who in his deep pockets. Yeah. Because we've got tuning fork, bag of marbles, yeah. bag of drawing pins for some reason, yeah. uh, and a stethoscope yeah. and a screwdriver. Which yeah. he all just digs into his pockets and finds his them and brings them out. Pockets, that's yeah. lovely. I, you know, I like I like the image of the Doctor rummaging in yeah. the coat pockets. And, and I, this is you know, it's is Robert Holmes. You know, he he gets it, doesn't he? He, he gets all that stuff. So it. yeah, I think that's the thing with this story is that the Doctor and the companions are actually served fairly well. I mean, obviously they don't have much masses to do, but in terms of their characterization, they're done pretty well. With the exception, well, Jamie's fine. He yeah, just, he just I mean, doesn't have anything to do. That's just ask lots of questions. Yeah. So that's kind of his thing, um, isn't it? It's just everything else that's the problem. Zoe isn't screaming, Zoe's which is screaming. nice. Nope. The only time is when they jump down that hatch, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. I'm surprised this one isn't brought up more in those kind of cheeky cliffhangers where there's no way they could have got out of that. Yeah. But then the next week, oh, there's something for them to land on or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, the, the Fendal is actually further away from them than it was suggested or whatever. Yeah. Um, the, in, the, in the cliffhanger for episode four, I think it is, is yeah. it? When they jump down, they go, ah! And it goes really... And then when you see the version in the next episode, it's, ah, I get, oh, no, no, <laughs> sorry. It's, it's like the shortest drop in the world. It's ridiculous. It was great. Another thing that I really liked about, well, I say really liked about this, where I thought the story started to get interesting is when Dom comes into it. Right, okay. Because, you know, up until that point, it's all very obvious sci-fi space. Yeah. And then suddenly you're in like a, at least the way re- the reconstruction presents it, as like almost like a Victorian study. I mean, that's how it's described in, on the um, on the narration. Like, oh, fair enough. Like wood panelled, yeah. there's paintings of old ships on the wall or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and you sort of think, oh, yeah. this has suddenly taken a very strange turn. And I think it just adds an, an extra little element. I mean, Dom doesn't really do anything other than bumble around for... Whimper. Yeah, and then yeah. he's just sort of there. Yeah. Like some old dog that, yeah. you know, should have probably been put down, but, you know, he's just sort of being dragged around from exactly. pillar to post. He, he comes into the story at a point where I've got enough characters to be getting on with. Yeah. But having said that, the argument between Cavan and Madeline yeah. when she first finds out is actually really good. Because, you know, th- I think that one of the big problems we've had with the episodes we've watched so far is that the central villain is sort of non-existent. Like, yeah. Mestor is kind of like the big bad in Twin Dilemma. But he's crap. <laughs> So it's sort of like, you know, we haven't we, we we haven't got like a visible like top dog yeah. final boss apart no. from Cavan. Yeah. And then he just ends up getting blown up and then there's Yay! Yeah. Let's yeah. go home everybody. See you next week yeah. for War Games. You know, all that, it's, it, it feels like, oh, we just need another extra threat for this mm. episode. So it was like episode five. Oh, the, the ship has got a bloody remote control thing on it. Yeah. They're going to die. Episode six. Oh, we've got a bomb mm. that's going to blow up the planet. Mm. Oh no! Mm. And it just does. It just sort of feels like oh, okay. But I feel like that the, his stakes, Cavern. Yeah, he he does. I, and I think it's only really in the later parts. Obviously, he does start to lose his composure a bit yeah. more, which I thought was something I actually tracked. Yes, and then when he's in the. The, the ship I think is he, is he blown up in the no he's not blown up in the Liz at the end he's blown up in the in the Beta Dart or whatever yeah, well, it's called yeah. his ship 
at the end he becomes really frantic yeah and it's like I don't care if this blows up and we yeah, take yeah, everything yeah. else with it he actually becomes suicidal at that yeah, point yeah that's and it because he is so like I cannot get caught yeah because whatever they do to me is going to be worse than just getting blown up in the ship so I yeah. cannot get caught and then I was like, that is the thing that this is missing, is that Milo is the only thing that kind of, like I said, adds a splash of colour. Mm. You've got a story called The Space Pirates. Yeah. Why haven't they not got robotic peg legs and they're all going, yeah. and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff? Like, it, it needed that yeah. just to kind of elevate it a little bit. And, you know, even if you want to go full silly bollocks and whatever, <laughs> like Milo is fine as a character by himself yeah. dressed like that but what if you had like a whole gang of rogue space pirates who all looked like you know yeah. they all had like fake robot parrots, parrots and, and stuff. stuff yeah that would have been it, it wouldn't have been so po-faced I think that's the problem I find with the pirates in this story is that they don't act or talk really that much different like I said to, before, anyone else. to the goodies no so I had to make sure I was tracking people's like cavern are they referencing each other's surnames yeah. at the end of these things or whatever and yeah, then I got it yeah I completely agree they make such an effort to like I said for Milo Clancy to be very obvious in who he is in the yeah. story you know yeah. this is obviously the prospector you would see in a He's, western he is more prominent in the story than the second Doctor yeah he's basically got he's the main character yeah 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 effectively yeah through the story um, would you like to hear what Patrick Tratton thought of this story yes Oh boy, would I? <laughs> this is a quote from Michael Triton. Okay. Because I think it would be interesting now to talk about Pat, actually, and the second Doctor in general in this story. We should have had Chris um, Thompson read this. That was uh, Pat. Maybe we'll draft him in for another, another Pat story. <laughs> um, I remember my father arriving at our house after completing a producer's run-through for episode two of The Space Pirates. He was angry. But anger born out of frustration rather than aggression. I recall him complaining to my mother about how dull and unwatchable the Space Pirates was going to be. <laughs> this is episode two and we're still trapped in that bloody awful spaceship set. <laughs> he knew, obviously, that it wasn't going to be great. Yeah. But how interesting that, you know, <laughs> dull and unwatchable are the two things that people always mention yeah. when they bring up the Space Pirates. So I'd say don't, don't watch it. No. Do what I did. Listen to the audio version because it is actually a lot yeah. more palatable. I, I think this is it. Like <coughs> With all of the stories we've watched so far on mm. this podcast, mm. I've said to you, I've gone into it with fresh eyes and you know, I, I want to see it as people yeah. saw it back in the day. And you As know. the majority of the people who commented saying, yeah. it's a really underrated story. And, you know, yeah, that yeah. Stuff. That really shocked me, actually. That really shocked me. I couldn't believe it. I mean, you must be mad. But <laughs> I thought watching this, it felt... Like a bloody slog. Yeah. Getting through it. It was mm. like climbing Everest. Why do you think that is compared to other stories from around that time? Would you find the Space Pirates more of a slog to sit through than the 10 episodes of the War Games? Oh my God, yes. Cause really? Because the, the War Games is, a, is fantastic. I have to like block out half of my year to watch <laughs> the War Games. Cause really? Are you not a fan? I do like it, but yeah. it's 10 episodes long. It is, but I mean, I feel like... With the war games, I feel like I can sit down and I could literally watch two or three episodes back to back and I really it- enjoy it. But with this, I was like, my God, if I, I, I watched episode one and then I watched episode two and I thought, will I, mm. will I be brave and watch episode three? I thought, no, I can't, no. I can't do this. And then as I went on, I was like, oh, I'll try and do three and four. No, I can only just manage three. If I watch any more, really? I will literally gouge my eyes out. And like I said, by episode six, I was just... 
you know, it was on and I was like flicking on my phone. Mm. I was like, oh, I really should be paying more attention to this. I had a couple of moments where I zoned out yeah. and it wasn't just because I was walking or making notes on my phone. I was like really trying to listen and, and kind of absorb the story. Yeah. But there were moments where I was like, I, I have to wait until um commander eric, eric yeah, yeah. speaks and i'm like oh we're on the good ship now <laughs> and then you know then the baddies ah you know we got we're pirates and <laughs> we got this weird kind of mid-atlantic thing going on oh i'm milo clancy and oh. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna boil an egg he said <laughs> he sounds like a mix between talky toaster and david ross as Crichton. yes you've yeah. got the same kind of why your chirpy breakfast <laughs> well, companion now, one of my notes now you, people on twitter and social media you feel free to chime in on this one mm. This was my first note from watching episode two. Is Milo Clancy's hair a wig? Uh, and I, is that moustache real? I have a feeling the facial hair isn't real. Yeah. But I think the hair is. You think that's his, do you? I think it might be. Really? Right. I, just from the, you know, from episode two. two. <laughs> <laughs> like, thankfully, he's in it a fair bit. Yeah. So you do get to have a good look at it. No, I feel, I feel like my radar is pretty good for syrups, but I, I feel like, you know, I think that might be his legit hair. Maybe I'll look at a photo of it and go, oh, I could yeah. not have been more wrong. It's obviously a wig. But yeah, I think his, his facial <laughs> hair was something to admire. Yeah. It was really quite It impressive. says a lot for this story that that is the big takeaway we've had so far. It's like, oh. Is it a wig? Is, it- <laughs> is there a wig in this story or not? Um, oh, and another one. Oh, go on. The helmet that Ian wears, um, the the nice the American yeah, yeah, yeah. pilot, that looks suspiciously like uh, oh god the the Ice Lord's yeah. helmet. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same shape. It's got a visor. It? Yeah. It's got a strip down the middle. Did uh, they just repurpose maybe re- that? Well, it, for... well, Sylvia James is on the makeup for this. Oh, do you I, know, I know she wouldn't have been responsible for fabricating the fiberglass. No, but. Suits, suit but, but do you reckon they just got that helmet and went oh if we just go like this and maybe. tweak it a little bit it's the same season isn't it it's the same season well yeah it's yeah the- so maybe oh yeah so of course this is the penultimate story so Suit yeah. of Death was the story before I, I think I, I, perhaps sure. and maybe sure. they maybe they just stripped it and I don't know mm. now I'm beginning to doubt myself mm. but I, I mean it's very it's similar the same sort of it's shape, the same shape it? yeah 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 it's better than having whatever Madeline has on her head, which is a just... A testicle hat. <laughs> testicle hat, exactly. Absolutely it's bizarre. It's so bizarre. Um, I think it's also quite funny that the audio that was recorded for this, for the for the um, uh, loose cannon and the available audio that we have, yeah. was actually recorded by a fan in Australia in the 70s. It wasn't taken from like the night of oh, right. recording in the UK. And apparently, I think it was, I, I think I saw it on TARDIS Wiki, they said a lot of people had given up <laughs> on Doctor Who at that point yeah. and so had stopped recording the outputs right. but thankfully the australian fans did it so so, so devoid of content that they were so like, they were so desperate for anything to look at other than massive spiders <laughs> and stuff they decided to tape the space pirates my god episode one was the final episode filmed of lime grove oh everything else is tvc pretty much from that point on which wow. was interesting uh, and also this is the first story john nathan turner was hired to work on for doctor who Oh my god! He's an uncredited floor assistant. It does well. There we go. If we were to ever try and point, maybe this is the time where Doctor Who fell apart. It well, I was going to say to you, I definitely think that this is the worst Doctor Who story. Do you think this is worse than the Twin Dilemma? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Really? Yes. Because at Damn. least at least Twin Dilemma actually has the Doctor in it doing stuff, and it's got stuff's happening this there's, thing is just but, plodding about for six episodes there's nothing to enjoy in Twin Dilemma apart from Colin though 
And Nicola, I suppose. Yeah, but you know, it's I I I would say there, there I, is nothing as interesting. The and no- at least there's only four episodes. I know, so I know I know that the episode length is the thing, but there's nothing as interesting or as colourful in the twin dilemma apart from the outfits than milo clancy is in this no I, he's I, like legitimately like a hook for the story where you're like i actually don't mind listening to him like i can imagine he would get really grating to some people yeah because the I, accent <laughs> is really irritating yeah um but i actually didn't mind him at all in the story and at least there's something like that in this compared to dilemma i think i take umbrage with the story because the doctor just is a doctor like story. Yeah, it is. And we had this yeah. conversation in our um, AMA. Um, I, I wondered if it would be too hyperbolic for me to say that. So I'm glad you mentioned but it, it, it feels it, doctor like. Well, it, it is, is yeah, a doctor like yeah. story. It's light on Doctor Who. It's light on Doctor Who. And I think that is the issue that mm. I have. Mm. You know, Twin Dilemma, as bad as it is, it is very clearly a Doctor Who story. But would you rather have the doctor at their worst in the Twin Dilemma, character wise, or take Pat being. Pulling in a totally fine performance. I mean, it's not like knocking anyone's socks off. It's not his greatest performance he's ever pulled in, but it's certainly not noticeably like, oh, he's off this week. Oh, no, no, that's true. Um, I I still think I I would definitely just put the Twin Dilemma on rather than having to watch this. So you've got, so at the moment in your your rankings, you've got Space Pirates. Right at the bottom. Right at the bottom. Twin Dilemma. Then Twin Dilemma. Underworld. Underworld, yeah. The uh, so obviously I said at the start I think this is the best thing that we've reviewed. Yeah, I think that I need to preface that by saying if this was four parts, yeah. it would be far and away the best thing that we've reviewed. Okay, but I think that the six parts is a massive problem. It's, it is because so long. I was able to flash through it quite quickly, but I was still looking at my thing. This is still the end of episode three. Like, we haven't actually moved on to episode four yet. So, yeah. so we are... Okay, so we're halfway through the story. Okay, yeah, I can kind of see... Like, so where do we go now? Okay, well, at least they're mentioning now we're going to go to Tar. Yeah. Like, at least now we're going to land on a planet and we can explore a little bit and get our feet on the ground and we don't have to constantly be cutting between beacons, yeah. which is the thing that I found really difficult to yeah. listen to, is that the constant cross-cutting, people talking over video comms, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Nothing is settled in the story. No. Um, and that's difficult to kind of contend with for six parts yeah. for six episodes that's yeah. it, it makes it difficult to listen to or watch yeah it's just it's just people in rooms talking mm. Mm. and you know and like you said most of the time they're not even in the same rooms no. talking to each other you know, I, the, 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 the space police or whatever you want to call them yeah they're literally just stuck on a spaceship for six episodes yeah just going, and, uh, yeah Oh yes, oh they're, oh they're going over there to this planet. Oh, okay, oh no, they're going over to this planet. Oh, have you found that ship? No, okay. Do you blow the ship up? No. And they're constantly no checking their radars as yeah, well. Yeah. It's <laughs> what's like, on the radar? what's that on the radar? <laughs> oh, it's a, it, oh it's oh it's this captain. Oh, okay, well keep keep, keep looking. looking at it. <laughs> keep keep checking. It, it, yeah, no, nothing happens with so many of the characters. Nothing happens. Mm. And I think if it was, if you truncated it down to four episodes, you could have had episode one right. TARDIS crew arrive, the thing blows up, mm. end of episode two, uh, episode, episode one, oh no, I've balls it up and we're flying off into space. Episode two, Milo Clancy rescues them, blah, 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 right. blah. You could, it <clears> would <throat> work as a four-parter for sure. Yeah. But yeah. But then just... again as well, you're having the Doctor getting rescued constantly through the story. Yeah. Like, and then he, he just at the end he's like, oh, I'll just defuse this bomb. Like it's nothing. 
The bomb defusal thing I found really interesting because it's a great way to pad out the ending of the story. Yeah. It's like, well, we'll just have a, a long, tense scene of Pat doing some stuff with a prop. Yeah. To listen to. I can, yeah, yeah, oh my God. Oh my God. I was, like Fraser is doing, he's like, uh, the doctor picks up a box and he takes the top <laughs> off and blah, blah, blah. And then the thing happens and then he puts this and he takes this wire out and then you can say, oh dear. And then it cuts to another scene. And then... Okay, so this bomb defusal is still happening in the background. Then it cuts back, and I don't know how far through he is with it because yeah. they're not describing. You know, it's not like he's sweating over the yellow wire. Yeah, and Fraser's saying he hovered over the. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way of knowing really what. And that, that was the same watching the recon. It was just like I could be watching anything going on. So here. this is this is my final question for you, Matthew. When the animation comes out, <laughs> do you think it's going to be favorably received? by people no not at all do you really think it's going to go I, I, I thought about this long and hard mm. I was thinking if they animate it even if all six episodes came back came back I don't think in any universe this story would do any better it doesn't matter if you can see the pictures moving yeah. it really doesn't the story is just poo <laughs> wow that's so interesting I, I, I'm kind of I think it's really it's fascinating you, we found your lowest point <laughs> yeah. of the program i even said to johnny i was like i, I wouldn't I, have I expected it to be a 60s story yeah i said to johnny i was like i you know i always rag on paradise towers i'd much sooner watch paradise towers wow yeah, if I, that I, isn't I, a damning indictment of this story i don't know what <laughs> I, is i have made my mind up because i've watched paradise towers recently yeah and actually as crap as it is i fa- i kind of enjoyed it good there we it's, go it's camp and silly and i was just like yeah i i'm I, I I can get aboard, on board with this. Oh, I'm so But happy. what I can't get on board with is bloody boring. Okay. <laughs> Nothing happening. Well, do you, you know what? Like we said, I was fascinated to see that so many people seem to be really enjoy this story. Yeah. And people I, saying I, it's an underrated gem, all this kind of stuff. I didn't expect that reaction no. at all. And I, I and. I'd finished the story by that point. I wanted to make sure that I didn't, you know, because obviously I know you're, you know, I know you don't like the story. Yeah. And I didn't want to read too much about the story and what other people thought of it. And so it was really interesting seeing all that feedback come through. So I was like, oh, so I shouldn't feel weird for liking yeah, yeah. this story, you know. So that was, that yeah. was um, affirming, you know, yeah. that was, that was positive. Um, but you're right. It's, it's not, it's really not great. No. Um um, now I'm having to wrestle with whether or not in my rankings I put this above Underworld yeah. or if Underworld's slightly... I think I have to put Underworld slightly above it only because this is six parts and that's four parts. Yeah. That is a much easier watch. That's it. It's, it's easy to digest. Mm. Um, even that's boring. And I know that a lot of Doctor Who fans who maybe got into it after the new series had started yeah. who want to dip into 60s stories or you know they've watched all the 60s stories that are visually available to them and maybe enjoyed them and have always found the barrier for entry to missing stories to be or that one hasn't been animated Mm. yet or i can't sit through telesnaps my discovery through this is try the bbc audiobooks because i i came out of the space pirates actually liking it yeah and if that isn't a good review for the (laughs) bbc audiobooks i don't know what is like fraser's narration was really good Obviously, it's going to be a bit hit and miss in terms of the audio quality. Of course, but I, yeah, I, I'm. I think we've we've found an interesting spot with the space yeah. pirates. I think this is the first one we've actually kind of disagreed on. Yeah. In terms of you know, it's the worst story of all time for you. Yeah. And for me, it's kind of absolutely fine. 
Wow, okay. Interesting. interesting. That is really interesting. I suppose that's kind of our reverse Paradise Towers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and for Donkey's Years, I would have said Paradise Towers is the worst Doctor Who, but it, wow. it really isn't. It isn't. It isn't, not at all, yeah. Because Doctor Who's not even in it very no, much. No, you're right. Right, okay, so I'm just trying to think ahead. Like, okay, in like six or seven weeks' time, you'll get oh, Paradise Towers. Because <laughs> I think when that review's been on the cards for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get Johnny in. We'll, we'll get, get Johnny we'll in. We'll get him Paradise in full Towers. costume. <laughs> and uh, we'll review Paradise Towers. And then uh, everybody can eat their words because it's really good. And I love Paradise Towers. Um, right. Shall we sign off? I guess we shall. That's that. Yeah. Thank you very much for watching, everybody. Thank you. Greatly appreciate you sticking by us as we review the Space Pirates because um, it's not an easy thing to watch no. or listen to, but hopefully we made it slightly more enjoyable through through this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, check us out on our Patreon, which you can find down below. Merchandise is also available as well on yes, our Represent these store. lovely badges. That these, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. You can't them, see. But if you're watching on YouTube... Yeah, we've got some pin badges. Lovely people who I said hello to at the BFI um, in London. Um, a few have been handed out. Yeah. We'll try and figure out a way to get it out to people who want yeah. a badge. So if you would like a badge, then let us know. And I will be going to the BFI in November for the Galaxy 4 screening. Yes, you will. So I will take the, the badges. You'll take the box. So if there's anyone who wants a badge, yeah. come and say hello. Come and say hi to Batman March and have a have a badge off yeah. him. <laughs> when you said, come and say hello to Batman, I was like, <laughs> what, what screening are we talking about <laughs> Sorry, I forgot what my nom de plume was on the internet. Um, uh, but you know, like, oh look, it's Batman March. It's yeah, like, oh, I have a name. Thank you very much. Yeah, Dude, my nephews, my nephews call me Bat Bat. I know. So but that's really sweet. That's really sweet. Yeah. But that, I mean, it's not because you were introduced to your nephews. <laughs> as, uh, meet your uncle Batman March. Like, I love that. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you're at the the Galaxy Four screening, <laughs> come and say hello. You can call me Batman by all means. Um, he'll sign. He'll sign. Batman March Toflo. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Um, yeah, and I guess the, all there's left to say is next time you hear from us, we will be reviewing Evil of the Daleks. It's Evil of the Daleks. Yeah. Evil of the Daleks, which um, again, like we said before, I've I've seen the animated reconstruction. Matt hasn't yet. Yep. I'm really excited. I can't wait to see it. I'm really looking forward to talking about Evil. Yeah. Um, I mean, no guesses as to what is going to end up at the top of our list <laughs> after <laughs> Evil of the Daleks has been reviewed. So look forward to Evil of the Daleks topping both of I, our charts. I think we need this as a nice palette Yeah, I think we need like a... And especially for story. Pat, because, you know, Pat mm. is a fantastic Doctor and we've been <laughs> saddled with watching... do Evil to redeem him <laughs> yeah, from this, basically. <laughs> and it's not his fault. Craigie, the poor bloody sod came home to his wife and said... Oh this is shit <laughs> imagine is it the grumbles you get coming home from work where you're like oh this just didn't work today or yeah yeah oh i just it's really difficult but coming back and saying this space pirate <laughs> script is bloody rubbish and this <laughs> spaceship's rubbish it's like what kind of a household is that yeah and you know for, for him he must have been like oh the crotons Robert Holmes, <laughs> this Robert Holmes fellow, he's not going to get anywhere. He's bloody rubbish. <laughs> he's written me two stinkers. Get rid of him. I'm surprised he got any more. <laughs> I mean, yeah, based off of those, those two. Those two, yeah. But but then again, you know, actually, I did write down. Maybe we can end with this because there okay. were a couple of nice lines that I found in there. Because um, he does try his best, you know. He's clearly, you know, working oh, to yeah. the the absolute limits of what he was capable yeah. of writing at the time. Maybe, or, or maybe not, because I guess they would have seen something in him to invite him back. Yeah. Um, Madeline uh, talking to the general you don't take any chances and he replies that is why I'm a general madam 
I quite like that. <laughs> and also Milo, um, Zoe to Milo. There's just one thing I don't understand, Milo. There's about a hundred thousand things I don't understand. <laughs> but then he goes on to tell her to do something useful and make a pot of tea. So Ooh, yeah. Fuck Milo Clancy. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>